everybody, and welcome to a dangerous wild ride with Steve-O. This week's guest, Luis Gomez, just doesn't care. It's almost like he's trying to get canceled. That's even what he says. Jeez, it's nuts. And, of course, you know him from the Legion of Skanks in the comedy world, also as the controversially ousted co-host of the Believe You Me podcast with Michael Bisping. So yeah, this gets juicy, and we get way, way into talking about sex addiction. So let me say it gets really juicy. And speaking of juicy, can I tell you that Liquid Death is saving the world? It's a canned water company, and the reason why it's canned is because they're very angry at plastic. Plastic is destroying the environment, and they're infinitely recyclable and super cool, look-like-beer cans of water are saving the world. Man, I love this company. They're fun, and if you order any amount of water or merch from their website, you will get free shipping if you add a little slash Stevo. That's liquiddeath.com slash Stevo for free shipping on all of your orders of water and merch. It's the best deal going. I drink it all the time. I love it, and it's way better than soda, so switch to Liquid Death and enjoy their new flavors. But enough of that. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Louis J. Gomez. Yeah, dude. What up, doggy? Uh, good to see you. Good to meet you. Good to officially meet you. We did the, the Bisping podcast together on Zoom, on Zoom mm-hmm. um, but never officially met before. Obviously, right. uh, I'm a legend, so you must be very excited. Super excited. Now you've met uh, Scott Randolph. Another legend. Another legend. Yes. Two legends and Steve-O at one yeah, table. It's crazy. I, I, I love it. <laughs> and uh, having never actually physically met you in person... Uh, to see you, I was like, whoa, like what a substantial guy. Oh, you know? yeah, I'm, I'm a bigger dude than people think sometimes. I, I wasn't prepared for how uh, yeah. imposing. Well, I also hugged you and I got wrist control like we were in the MMA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wrist control. I, it's just, I, I, I have to let people know very quickly that I, I could take wrist control and it could go south at any moment. It's, it's a psychological it. thing. You and Scott have that in common. Preaching to the choir over here. <laughs> do you do jiu-jitsu? I'm a white belt. I've been okay. to uh, six classes with Jean-Jacques Machado. <laughs> Machado. <laughs> Hell yeah. So. I just got my blue belt. I'm new as well. I'm really? very new, yeah, but I love it, dude. It's so much right. fun. Yeah. A- am I correct that you were uh, scheduled or actually did uh, fight Jason Ellis? So, all right, me and Ellis, um, who I love, he's the fucking man, we are currently scheduled to fight uh, an MMA fight, a professional MMA fight. He's done two professional MMA fights. I've never done a professional MMA How fight. How old are you? I'm 40. He's okay. 50, though. He just looks better right. than me. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he necessarily looks better than you. I think that's uh, outrageous. And regardless of what you look like, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be fighting at 50 years old. Uh, nobody should be fighting. It's a psychotic thing that I'm doing. But I want to challenge myself. Me and him did like a boxing exhibition, and I did pretty good. I held my own with him. Um, and uh, I fought at his event. He does an, an event called Ellis Mania every year, yeah. and it's just stupid, dude. Does he always fight at Ellis Mania? He always fights, and he does stupid shit. He'll fight like ten fans in a row. Or he'll fight like a like a professional UFC fighter, and now, they. Well, he's good at fighting. Is that he's good? Yeah, yeah. he's good. He, he's like um, like a, a journeyman amateur who like sort of like got oh. really. Dude, Ellis' story is crazy. He's a skateboarder who started doing radio, then started right. racing cars and doing MMA. So um, I look at like I'm I'm very similar in that sense that like I like to just sort of like put myself out there, do things that you know take me out of my comfort zone. And 
Um, I fought at his event, another comedian, a few years ago before the pandemic, and uh, I had my first amateur MMA fight. Who, I, who'd you fight? His name was Ryan O'Neill, and I, okay. I kicked his fucking ass. It was great. It was the best feeling ever. He had a black belt in Taekwondo. Right. Oh, man, I fucking... It yeah, was, let me not be disparaging of Ellis. I love Ellis, too. He's yeah, a of course. He's d- a dear friend of mine. Great. And uh, if he wants to fight, that's great. I mean, I was just talking to Mike Tyson about how, like, it's uh, it, it's awful for people to fight in their 50s, but Tyson is the one guy who got away with it. Yeah. And got, got nothing but praise and money and... Yeah, I mean, I think at the like the higher level, yeah, I think he wants to have one more fight. He knows it'll be fun because we both have very passionate audiences that are going right. to come out and fucking mm-hmm. you know go crazy for it. Um, and I want to see if I could fight. If I, I want to see if I could beat a guy who's got a professional, who has a professional MMA career, winning record, two and zero. Um, and if I can, I can. The worst case scenario for me is I get in great shape. I fucking okay. learn to, to defend myself. I would have never had a blue, had a blue belt had. I not gotten into this stupid shit. Now, like, dude, but I, I used to think I was tough, dude. When I was 20 years old, I had no idea how to fight. I didn't know how to stand. You know, I had no idea. And I really thought I was tough. I would fight anybody in the world that got in my face at a bar fight, whatever it is. And now that I've trained a little bit, I'm such a pussy. Because now I know how little I know compared mm-hmm. to what people really know. It's, okay. a, a, it's a mind fuck, dude. The more I, the, I'm so much more prepared now, but I'm so much more terrified of the average human being. But I remember right. a long time ago you fought Michael Bisbing. Right, oh, well, we sparred, you, you in, sparred in the gym. Yeah, yeah. But I saw the footage of that a long time ago. Um, how close did you come? I mean, how good is Bisping compared to the rest of the world? Did you I even mean, come? It's a silly question, it's, but like, it's. It, let me tell you something, dude. It's actually not even a silly question. But, but because you could probably kick both of our asses. Same time, no way. Maybe I think I dude, mean, pulls his pants down, puts his ass all <laughs> in my face. I get freaked out. You grab my legs. It's over, dude. But maybe, like, <laughs> maybe. But I'm saying, like, then you go and fight somebody like Bisping, like. There's not a chance in hell you can let, come close. Let me close. tell you something about it. You know, this is any UFC level fighter because I've sparred and trained with a decent amount of them at this point because I, I got a lot of friends that, that work in the business. Michael Bisping in particular is just, it is such a, a difference in terms of level. It is, it, it's, it's, people don't really understand. I think people see it in a cage fight and go like, oh, I've gone into a bar fight. I can move around a little bit. I mean, the level is crazy. I, it, when I, the first time I, I, grappled with Bisping, I I questioned who I was as a man. Like, the next time I fucked my girlfriend, I couldn't get hard. Like, I, I had to get in the mirror. I had to, like, fucking, you know, I had to talk myself up afterwards to just regain any wow. sense of fucking manhood. Because to know that a man out there could just take me in front of my child and make me suck my own dick. He could fucking smack me in the face. He could go, dude, he could do yeah. it. He could take my girlfriend home. I could, what am I going to do? There's nothing I can do. And it's humbling. It was the most humbling experience in my entire life. But the level in terms, and there's guys that are in the gym that are like good. There's like there's like black belts and brown belts and jiu-jitsu and guys that have been doing Muay Thai that are really, really, really good. And then you get guys that go to the UFC. It's, we're talking about a whole other level of, it's not only just the talent and being good at fighting, but the level of athleticism. When they train and they spar, they're fighting with the absolute best and the intensity right. that they do it with, there's just no keeping up with it. It, it, was, it was absolutely crazy. Bisping doesn't even like me right now, but I gotta say, dude, oh, the man's on, a fucking dude. beast. He's a monster. He really is. Uh, uh, well, I will have to find out what, what that was about. But back to this Jason Ellis fight. Let, let me just put it, put it in, an, in another perspective. I uh, re- reacted to Justin Bieber challenging Tom Cruise to a fight in the octagon. This happened in 2019. I immediately 
piled into my van with, with Scott, and we, yeah. we drove out to Vegas to uh, speak with Dana White on camera. I said, Dana, I think uh, Tom Cruise is afraid of Justin Bieber, <laughs> but I am not. Right. <laughs> and I want you to set up a fight between me and Justin Bieber in the yeah. Octagon. I was so proud of uh, of just what a, a ridiculous thing getting Dana White on camera like it was just it felt to me like this great coup yeah and then Johnny Knoxville says you've got yourself in kind of a lose lose situation here oh you know either you uh, you know you get beat up by Justin Bieber or you beat up Justin Bieber. <laughs> like either way, it's it's a it's a loss. No, it's a win-win. It's hilarious it's, if you get beat up by. It's fucking yeah, hilarious. Dude. Right. If Justin Bieber wipes the floor with you in front of your family and friends, <laughs> there's not a funnier thing on the planet. Okay, dude. well, and, and that that'll be the closing video of your show is Justin Bieber be as you scream and cry right. and, that, and that's tap a out. That's very true, and that's precisely what would happen because Justin Bieber's in phenomenal shape. Does he trains, train? Trains with Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. So yeah, if he like, trains, yeah, you can't can't just jump in you really can't jump into it if uh, against right. a guy who trains like i've been training for a little while now and people think i'm crazy for going in with jason ellis who has been training probably for a decade i mean yeah. the cardio to go two rounds is fucking incredible yeah. you know it's gnarly it's, yeah. it's it's gnarly um and uh, when's the last time you were in a street fight <laughs> dude like i i've never been in a street fight but never? there's been uh there, there were a couple of times that I was able to wrestle my way out of a street fight, like where I realized, <laughs> oh my god, like uh, this guy is, you know, punching me. And I just managed to duck it, and, yeah. and at, like once I've ducked the punch, I see that like the, well, here are his here are his legs, you know, his legs yeah. right here. So I just grab his legs, and then like sort of uh, hope that somebody breaks it up. And then what well, happened? No, I mean, no, like I actually successfully ducked a punch. Did a double leg yeah. and then just held a guy and just be like, okay, we're not going to fight. And the guy, yeah. I've got the guy, you know. So you won. Wrapped up. Yes, yeah, so I, I won. I mean, on points. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like uh, <laughs> get the decision. I remember that happening once. I, I've been sucker punched a couple times and not f- punched back. Wow. <laughs> I just, I'm not like, I'm not like that. You're not a violent dude, yeah. But my, uh, my pitch to Dana White for, uh, for the Justin Bieber. I said, I, I think this is an exciting fight because I know Justin Bieber can throw a punch and I know I can take a punch. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> well, that's the problem is Bieber's not strong enough to actually knock you out, so it's just him beating you up for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But in, in any case, <laughs> I, I would be slightly concerned, and again, nothing but love and respect to Ellis, but if, if, you, if you win... You beat up a fifty-year-old, yeah. <laughs> and and if yeah. you lose, you got beat up by a fifty. So like, I mean, I, and whatever, dude. I'm just being, of course. A, I'm being a hater, and that's bullshit. You should by all means do it. You both have the 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 fan base. Yeah. It's, it's rabid, and I love that you've got both the, the the fighting audience and the comedy audience. Yeah, which which begs the question: What is the bigger performing podcast that Believe You Me with Michael Bisping or The Legion of Skanks? So I left Believe You Me a, uh, a little while ago. Oh, uh, shoot. I wasn't even aware of that. No, no, it's okay. No, no, don't worry about it. And they're crushing it. Um, Anthony Smith is now on the show, who's a, a oh, okay. former title challenger. And, uh, and, and, uh, he's very articulate he's and, super, uh, and super likable. The fucking man, dude. They're, honestly, he's great. And the show is great. It's still on my network. I run a podcast network called Gas Digital. Um, and um, their show is is massive. Their show is massive. 
Legion of Skanks is my other show, also massive. Those are the two biggest shows on the network, and they're sort of neck and neck. We we sort of go back and forth. Um, am I the common denominator? I don't know, but. You know, some would say that. Well, so, presumably we'll find out so, soon uh, enough. Point guard of podcasting, that's what they say. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the point yeah. guard of podcasting. The, my audience, and it has been for a long time, and the MMA audience is incredible, and I do another MMA show called Yo MMA Rap with my buddy Dave Smith, who's on Legion of Skanks as well. Okay. Um, you know, but the, the comedy audience is what I'm, I'm passionate about. It's what I really know. I'm a dummy, dude. I don't really know that much about fighting. Like, I, I got, okay. I, I fell into it. I, I, got, I was hired at SiriusXM to, like, just be, like, kind of comic relief on an MMA show. Right. And then they're like, oh, we got Michael Bisping coming in to try to do a radio show. Do you want to test with him? And then I did. And I remember the joke that got him. The joke that made him want to work with me. Um, he goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, I got, I got in trouble for, a, on, I was doing a, a Fox broadcast. And I said the guy was on Queer Street. And it's like, you can't say that. You can't say Queer Street. And I was like, it's not like he said he was on <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> he started to crack it up, dude. And that was that. We went to break, and he was like, all right, this is the guy. So, And then we did the radio show for a long time. We ended up doing the podcast for a long time. And people grow apart. We, we were doing a different thing. You know, he's, dude, he's super fucking, I mean, he, he's massive. He's one of the biggest commentators in the UFC. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's. Fucking brilliant! Man. He's brilliant, God, dude. God, He's literally, God, literally I, I, I one of the best the analysts there are, mm-hmm. and understands the fight game on a whole other level. You know w- what a journey of a career. So I just don't have anything bad to say about the guy, even though me and him have butt heads on uncertain things. Sure, I mean you just said before yeah. it's not a bad thing about him, but you said Bisping doesn't even like me right now. Like yeah. why? Like can you qualify that statement? I'll qualify it. We we ended up ending the podcast not on the best terms um, over something that had nothing to do with the podcast. We just really saw things very very differently. And behind the scenes, just bumped heads and said uh-huh. things that shouldn't have been said. And then it just sort of blew up into something that it, it shouldn't have. Honestly, I, I literally, I wish him the best. I obviously like have a ton of respect for him. And knowing him in a very personal way, I'd like to think that one day we'll be friends again. We'll, you know, we'll, it remains to be seen. Man, um, are, are you over here torching my bridge with my... my no, 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 you, no, no, no. Are you burning down no. my, my budding does, friendship? He still does a podcast on my network. Our producers, so, you know, work with him. And um, <laughs> he's killing it, dude. Like, you know, I, um, yeah, I really like Bisping a lot. I, you know, and I, it's not that he doesn't like me. I don't know that he thinks about me that much right now. <laughs> Right. I saw, I was, I was on a flight to Hawaii recently, and the most stupid thing that, that I've done in years. I'm actually about to take my son to Hawaii. Yeah, we went on a vacation. He <laughs> hates vacations. You hate vacations. I you love know, it, a vacation. It, it was my girl's birthday, and she like makes a big deal out of birthdays. I oh, can't stand birthdays. So annoying. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast, but isn't that the most annoying thing in the world? It's pretty, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's your fucking birthday. You've had 30 of them. Who gives a shit? Right. And, and... Never mind the fact that this birthday has now made me a whole fucking year older. Yeah. You know, which I'm not particularly interested in. And <laughs> my phone, which is already like just, uh, you know, a nuisance on the easiest day, is now going bang, bang, bang all day with people I don't even want to hear from. Yeah, yeah. You of know, it starts and You got to thank everybody. How annoying it is. Everyone's just. Yeah. And I just stop answering Thumbs the texts. Thumbs up. Thumbs, <laughs> Thumbs up. up. <laughs> I don't even do that. I just put my right. phone down. I don't even look at it. And then holidays and birthdays can't stand them. Yeah, it's too much. But but you know, I, I do love my girls, so I wanted to uh, do something special. I, I hate airports. You know, I, I said you know, but she loves travel. I'm like, babe, for your birthday, I want to do something special. I'm going to put myself through an airport <laughs> to show you how much I love you. Wow. Let's go to Hawaii. And we get to Hawaii. It's pouring. You rain. Tortured yourself. Pouring rain the whole time, and I'm like. 
I'm like objectively, like, what are we doing here? We're, we're accomplishing nothing. <laughs> we're, 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 we're wasting time. I, I, I came to realize that relaxing stresses me out. Wow. <laughs> well, we got back on the plane to go home, and he's like, why did we do this? And I'm like, bro, we got to hit the reset button. Every now and again, he's like, yeah. My reset button is on tour in the bus, and that's my happy place. And I never want to take a vacation again for the rest of my get, life. I can't wait to get back on my. But tour I'm bus. the same way. By the time the last day of vacation, I, I <clears throat> am craving work, craving to go home, back to whatever I'm doing. I, I always I have a million things going on, a million irons in the fire, and I start to. But I also can spend three or four days, and that's my max. I go to yeah. Jamaica like twice a year. I love Jamaica. I'm, I'm a right, fucking big time pothead. Big time pothead. Love yeah. reggae music. I'm where do you, where, I just where do you go in the, Jamaica? Uh, I usually go to um, Ocho Rios. I went to Villa yeah. with. Uh, I bring my family. We brought my my company. We brought like eighteen of our producers, uh, and we had a whole little Man, retreat. This is impressive, dude. Yeah. A, a podcast network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and what's it called again? Gas Digital. So gas, gas, digital. Yeah, gas digital stands for Gomez and Sutton. So Sutton, Sutton is my business partner. Have you ever done the SDR show with Big J? I Jay? have. His partner, his his yeah. co-host Ralph Sutton, the big you know lurch-looking guy. Yeah, he's the other owner of Gas Digital. I've definitely done that podcast. Yeah. Uh, God, I feel like uh, I. I can't remember what like uh, salacious well, shit talking I did on that one, oh, but yeah, I'm uh, sure. I remember. Uh, Big J will draw it out of you because it, Big J is so likable and sweet, but he's yeah. just one of the filthiest, dirtiest minds in the world. So you're talking to him, and then all of a sudden you realize you're in a conversation that's going to probably get you canceled. You know what, you know like, what oh, it fuck. was? It's not. It's not that. It's just that I think what it was. It was in the white hot peak of the the Me Too stuff, oh, yeah. and. Uh, like I, I seem to recall that I was just like, man, that maybe I said like I'm ashamed to be an LA comic or something. Oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just like doors slamming, and and uh, I just felt that like with with, with certain comedians getting uh, you know tangled up in in scandals and just watching like their whole like inner circle just. They don't give, yeah, dude, no loyalty at all, dude. I mean, it was pretty gnarly. It's crazy. The, the it la- and that's, that's sort of the, you know, whatever. I'm not going to trash. There's a lot of great comics from L.A., you know, but that that big, there's a big group that just sort of like, the shit hit the fan, and then they were like, cool, see you later. And <laughs> it, it, well, you, no, I mean, it was the extra part was everybody coming out with their official public statements yeah, about yeah. how, oh, I never went on tour with that I wasn't guy. Really I, don't friends even, with I don't that even guy. know that guy. Crazy, dude, crazy. <laughs> where it's like, damn, dude, please. It's just like if I, I mean, I'm I'm loyal like a dog. You could show me Big J murdering somebody behind a Wendy's, and I'm like, dude, it's not him. Sorry, I don't give a fuck. And behind closed doors, I'm like, dude, why would you do that? Yeah. Think about the podcast. What is wrong right, with you? Right, right, right. Now, the, speaking of Big J and fighting and comedy, it all comes together when Big J gets fucking yanked off the stage. Yeah. You were there for that. I tried to protect him. Wow, hopefully Luis Gomez doesn't try to protect me. Sheesh. (laughs) But I'll tell you one thing I'm not trying to protect. I'm doing it is my health by using Athletic Greens every day. This is the comprehensive, convenient daily nutrition, which happens to be absolutely delicious. Pour it into your water in the morning and... It's got 75 different vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, and probiotics and adaptogens. I'm telling you, man, this is the secret to filling in the gaps in your crappy diet. I love it. It's delicious and 
it, it helps me think better too. You notice how sharp I am these days? I attribute that to Athletic Greens and my love affair with them. Plus, they love you, the listeners of the Wild Ride Podcast, so they're willing to give you five of these. If you're a first-time customer, five daily packets and an entire year's supply of immune-boosting vitamin D. You can't beat it, dude. To get this deal, you go to athleticgreens.com slash Stevo and hurry up because I think some of you might have pretty bad diets and need this stuff badly. So one more time, go to athleticgreens.com slash Stevo for five free packs and a year's supply of immune-boosting vitamin D. Now let's hear about this disaster on stage. Did you miss the kick. I did miss the kick. Did, uh... Oh, so, so you came in to, to, so to Big attack on stage, the attacker. And yeah, he, the, you know, he's fucking me. It's actually, he, he tells a story in his act now. Uh, it's going to be in his uh, special. He's recording uh, his special at Skankfest, which you'll be at. Hell yeah, yeah, epic. Um, and uh, so, the, you know, he's trashing this girl. This girl's being an asshole the whole show. And he starts trashing her. And Big J is a master of crowd work. There's literally nobody better in the world at crowd work. Like, he's, he's the literally. best. Um, and, you know... You know, if if somebody's getting upset during like crowd work, it just gets funnier for everybody around them. So it's like contagious. So now everyone is like, she's upset, and everyone's just pointing and laughing at her. I mean, I get from her perspective, it's mortifying. I mean, she's fucking, she's drunk and pissed off. He's never particularly mean. No, he's not. He's letting very often. You just sort of let them talk themselves into it. You don't really need to say much. Yeah, Josh Wolf was saying he'll let the girl or the guy. It's a girl. Ninety nine point nine. He'll make sure that everybody in the crowd hates her, so that he can just go in as hard as can on her and everybody loves it yeah you gotta wait until the crowd gets a little bit annoyed you have to let them sort of bury themselves because they're going to they're not professional comedians they don't know how to speak publicly it's it's unfair it's, and they don't have a microphone the whole it's thing like is trying crazy. to grapple michael bisbee yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna work <laughs> for sure but uh yeah so the the girl's brother was there he's a big fucking dude and he starts making a beeline toward the stage and the stage was like a five foot high sure. like, platform it's stage. like concert yeah dude and the guy grabs Big J by his ankles because Big J assumed the guy's going to get up on the stage. I mean, the, the footage is horrifying. You would assume that he was like badly, badly, badly injured. injured. No, he, luckily, the guy pulled him, Jay landed on top of the guy and squashed the guy. Oh, nice. And then, uh, you know, we didn't do anything to him. Obviously, physically, we, we would never do anything to him, nor would the fans. But that guy walked away for some reason. He was bruised and his eyes were like, I don't know, he said somebody maced him. It was weird. I have no idea what happened, but our fans... They w- they were right there and they 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 so were ready was, to have some words with the guy. <laughs> what was more? Uh, but anyway, so when, when he grabbed him though, I saw it happening and I ran out. I'm just a fat oaf and I have no coordination, so I tried to kick the guy, but I missed. <laughs> and then Jay got pulled off the stage. So what was more embarrassing? Uh, trying to defend. Jay in that situation or grappling Michael Bisping? Oh, uh, <laughs> grappling Michael Bisping. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He made you suck your own dick. He made me dick. Yeah. To completion. <laughs> Which is particularly hard. Is he, I mean, is, uh, is is grappling the word for them? You were sparring. Was he well, I've done you? both. I, I've 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 done. Right. Uh, and he's uh, not even known for grappling in the no, UFC. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, he did. It's wild. It's fucking wild. It was. Oh, I remember the whole point of uh, saying that I went to Hawaii was that while I was on the flight out to Hawaii. On the American Airlines video on demand, the free in-flight entertainment, here's this unbelievable uh, Bisping 
documentary made by Universal. Yeah. It's like, I was like, wow, when it started with the Universal logo, I was like, man, this is like, was that in theaters and shit? I don't know. I'm not sure. Either way, that was the most badass documentary. I had to text him. I was like, dude, you just made a flight to Hawaii. Like, so I hate flying, and you just made the flight such a treat. Bravo for this. Yeah. And he said, I wish I was on a flight to yeah. Hawaii. I'm like, I don't get it. You're like, how, do you, how do you hate fun? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I worked over there. Did you not work in Hawaii? I, mean, I worked like every I just, morning. We were like, supposed to go to Key West this past weekend. We went to Key West. Well, I'm covered in bug bites because no CMs uh, ate me alive, dude. Oh, my no God, CMs. dude. No CMs. Have you ever heard of them? No. They're little <laughs> tiny mosquitoes right. that you can't fucking see. They're like, uh, they're called biting midges. Scabies. Dude, I have scabies. So I have AIDS. Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes, dude. That, Crabs. That, 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 that'll, get, that'll get us in trouble. Maybe, yeah. I'm sorry. Little person mosquitoes. <laughs> and, yeah, dude. I, I personally think little person is a way more... Way more uh, offensive. Did, yeah, it's way condescending. More, it's so condescending. Yeah, it's like darky for black people. It's awful. You can't <laughs> say that. I, I don't know that... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> really, I'm saying it's offensive. I agree with you. <laughs> we agree. That's what I'm I know, saying. But, but the difference here is that little person is deemed the appropriate politically correct thing to say. Fucked up. I know. Yeah, that, that, that filth that just came out of your mouth was never sanctioned. Never. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what it would be like if they did sanction that. All right. That would be awful. <laughs> okay, there and we that go. would be a bad thing. We've, we've, we've now cleared the air. So key, uh, I was in Key West, though. We were supposed to just take a little like work trip So because we're planning Skank Fest. Me and a couple of the producers. Where just, is it again? It's going to be in Vegas. Vegas. Okay, Vegas. great. Yeah, yeah. And I know that we're not supposed to announce that I'm on it, but no, uh, well, I, did, once, I did with Big J. Yeah. And I'm doing it with you. I, I love uh, you guys. Until we were sold out, I think we were. But we sold out in like four minutes. What? So, what what can somebody expect at a at a Legion of Skanks show? So Skank like, Fest is like um, it's sort of like the gathering of the Juggalos, except with stand up comedians. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that's a great <laughs> that's way to put it. That's a it. great <laughs> elevator pitch for it. So you've obviously talked to somebody about this before. Nah, but dude, check out check out my Hatchet Man tattoo. Oh hell yeah, dude. Okay, so you'll love it. Then. I'm down with the clown. You're, you'll be fucking down. It, it's a, so our audience. Um, the, the best way to describe it, it's a party. It's you know, festival is a weird way to put it because you go to a comedy festival. It's at a bunch of different venues. It's one big venue, a few thousand people that are going in. There's like four or five stages that'll be going on simultaneously yeah. within the venue. Sure. Common areas. It's super counterculture-y. Every, everyone's just having a great time partying. There's always something going on, whether it's stand-up comedy, live podcast, music. We have a bunch of musical acts. Um, yeah. There's lots of arrests, lots of no, STDs transmitted. Well, yes. There's uh, plenty of drugs. Yes. There's like um, yeah, all those. It's like a fire true. fest, but well, people yeah. Don't I die. mean, when, when when you say it's it's not like a comedy festival because comedy festivals do have all different venues all over town. Yeah. But it's very much like a concert festival yes. in that there's one one venue just with many different. Stages. We got the idea, or. Uh, Basically, the idea was from I, I did a few cruises, right? Have you ever done like? Uh, I used to be a clown on cruise ships. Like okay, a so you professional know. clown. You know then, all right. Now, if you've seen theme cruises, I'm sure where it's <laughs> like you know I, I did a thing called um, Shiprocked, where it was a bunch of heavy metal bands, and then they had like a comedy stage, right? It's but, crazy the bands that have cruises like three, yeah, the 311 cruise. 311 like is a huge cruise. Event. Uh, the uh, the bare naked ladies have a cruise that's huge apparently. The wow. radio. Uh, Mike Calta from Tampa yeah, yeah. has a cruise. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I love Mike Calta. My favorite guy in the world. Yeah, like, I saw. We saw. We ended up hating each other. 
Oh yeah, okay. yeah, we did. We we did a podcast together, and we just we just didn't. I didn't know who he was. He didn't know who I was, and it was just we did not like each other. Wow, and now the, I love the guy. He's the, he's the best man. Yeah. Like like we always make a point to get together for uh, for for a dinner or lunch. Yeah, and uh, and then afterwards we we kind of graded on on how awkward it was. <laughs> like we, 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 you know you sit down. It's like what are, the, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you hate fun. Steve-O hates fun, guys. <laughs> when you what smoke, why are we even eating? Are we, I should be on my tour bus right now working. Right. Why are we, we eating uh, breakfast? We, uh, <laughs> we're always like, this should be awkward. And it was surprisingly not that yeah. awkward. Like, we're, we're bros. I, I got uh, matching tattoos with Mike Calta. Oh, nice. We got the, uh, which elbow is it on? Yeah, right here. The the grinder app logo. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Big J have a few matching tattoos. We have so Dave Smith is the other guy that does our podcast yeah, yeah. with us. So we both have half hearts, and mine says Smith, and his says Dave because nice. Dave won't get any tattoos. He's like a you know born and raised Brooklyn Jew, so he like okay. would never not even like we tried to get him just get like a dot tattooed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On him. I mean, dude, Jesus out. had tattoos, dude. Yeah, that as well. That Jesus had tattoos. That was offensive, <laughs> actually. Jesus Christ, <laughs> really. Really, dude? How dare you? Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> um, okay, but so the cruises, though, but with the, we, we took the influence because you go on a cruise, you know, on one deck, there's a show going on. A half an hour later, another show starts on another deck. There's a meet and greet over here on another deck. But the thing is, you can't escape it. Like, everyone's eating together. All the bands, all the comedians, all the audience, they're all partying the whole time. You can't really bands, escape them. The bands don't have their own private. They have a deck, but honestly, it's not really fun to hang out on that deck. Nobody's there. So, like, when I, I did the Impractical Jokers cruise, all the Impractical Jokers were hanging out amongst the fans. Dude, how huge are those dudes? It's crazy. It's I mean, crazy. They, I, it's so weird to just even know my friends are famous because comics grow up. We're like, we're all eating shit. We're all poor until one day when we're not poor. Right. And then it's not even like we're making, we're not rich. Like, I make good money for like a, like a high-end car salesman. You know, there's guys that are fucking selling Lexuses and Mercedes-Benz that might actually be doing better than me right now. That's where I'm at. But all of my friends, like, it's very weird to watch them get famous, right? So, so, so you're, you, you came up like early career with the Impractical Jokers before they had that show? No, I came up with a lot of comics though and Sal's been a friend of mine for a long time Sal was they were already pretty big when, when I became friends with Sal but it's interesting to he has that attitude those guys were just dudes that worked at a bar that were doing like improv shit and they don't have sort of like the ego of like I think a lot of guys that get famous you go through the audition process and you're yeah. acting and you, you sort right. of get build a tough skin and you're in Hollywood you're you know it's a different path with comedy it's sort of like it's kind of cool to I be mean, poor I think anybody who achieves like big uh, success, wealth, fame, whether it's comedy, whether it's acting, whether, like, no matter what, I think you can't become famous without having some growing pain. Oh, you gotta eat you shit, know? of course, yeah. Like, you, you turn into an asshole. You get bestowed all this, like, you know, power and influence, and you're gonna abuse it. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm just glad that, that in my case that was fucking 20 years ago yeah, there was you no know? social media before everybody had a video <laughs> camera in their pocket you know? I know dude yeah. and I'm, I'm extra lucky because now I've been clean and sober for 14 years and, yeah. and 14 years ago not everybody had a, a video course. camera in their pocket yeah. so I, sure. I'm real lucky I know what it's like Oh yeah, it's fucking crazy. But we were—it was just sort of like we also were in comedy. I don't know if they romanticize it the same way in acting, like just sort of grinding and being a poor comic and fucking sleeping on somebody's couch. Like, it's part of like it's part of like you sort of love it in a weird way. Like you're just kind of getting up every night. You're going to open mics, you're trying to get laughter and fucking. That's the the currency is just like getting up on stage and like that's all you sort of need. I don't know if it's 
as romantic. And I've acted, I've taken acting classes, I've done a ton of auditions. It just was never, or maybe for me anyway, I never sort of like, that grind didn't feel the same sort of romance and sort of like... Yeah, what, what's your take on the difference between East Coast and West Coast comedy? And by West Coast comedy, I mean Austin comedy. Akash <laughs> <laughs> from Flagrant said that yesterday. Was, That's hilarious. That was pretty funny. But. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, those guys are, the, the, there's really no difference because nobody's from New York or L.A., right? So everyone's from Boston or Philly or what, all the best guys that are now in New York are from Philly or from fucking, you know, some other town. All the best guys in L.A., you know, were born and bred in Boston or, or New York. I think, um, you know, in New York, you, you, everyone's trying to grind. Nobody, nobody really gives a fuck about like status in New York. Whereas I think in LA, it's just a little bit more. Well, I mean, if you can get, you have to have status to get a spot at the cellar, right? Isn't that funny? Status, not as much. So, so that's a great example. So in New York, to get a spot at the cellar, if you're really funny and you're poor and you have no TV credits and you're just starting out, you can get into the cellar. You can. When I got into the cellar, I wasn't shit. I had nothing going on. They just, you know, they need, honestly, my story of getting into the cellar was crazy. It was when Tracy Morgan got into that crazy bus accident. Damn. The, he had a, a <clears throat> couple comics on the bus with him that were cellar comics. Artie Fuqua, uh, Harris Stanton as well. They, mm-hmm. And they both got massively injured. Artie was really fucked up over it, right? Um, and uh, Artie was like the regular host at the Comedy Cellar. Like the, the dude, you might know him. If you've been to the cellar, he's a tall black guy, really handsome, very charismatic. Did he uh, get like obnoxiously wealthy out of yes. that lawsuit? Yes, obnoxiously wealthy. He's dude, different fucking fitted suit every day now. He's like, dude, I would take that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding wow. me? But he was the house host at the cellar. Like, I'm talking about five, six nights a week. He was the guy. When he got in that car accident, they were just like, they were at a loss. They didn't have any hosts. So they literally put, they, they booked me. I didn't even audition. They, they I was hanging out with Bobby Kelly and a couple other comics. And uh, they were like, oh, Lewis is a great host. And then they were like, dude, start working. And they, they put me in right there. Um, and I had nothing going on. So it was based off of, I mean, dude, I thank Walmart every day of my life. <laughs> Yeah. Every day of my life, we're really starting the correct trajectory of that, my career. <laughs> that, that, that's epic, man. Uh, so you said that you um, like refused to audition for for TV or, or anything anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, I, I because the brand of comedy that I do, you know, we, we the Legion of Skanks, we call it the most offensive podcast on earth, and we do that on purpose. It's very much on purpose. If you click on it, fuck you. You knew what you were getting into. We're not <laughs> tricking you. We're not We're not jumping, you know, I'm not jumping in your TV screen and going, hey, you know, I, I, I do a mild version of my comedy. When I come on this show, I'm not doing this shit that we do on Legion of Skanks because I'm a guest here, and that's not what people are here for. People are here to listen to your brand of your comedy and then the interview that you want to have, right? So I have a very... Wow, sp- so, so, so what, you're withholding? Get, get you don't want me. Give us a little sniff. I threw Darky out there. I threw Darky out there. You guys almost fucking had a heart attack. You don't want my brain. Jesus Christ! I saw you guys fucking hit the the edit. Fucking like. No, I I wasn't worried about editing. No, no, no. I'm kidding. But so, but my philosophy is like. Um, you have to come and, and see what we do. We have a platform. We have a, the premium service. So the, the versions that go out on iTunes and on YouTube, they're edited. They're, they're, we bleep out certain words. We you know we edit them down. That is a, a specific version. If you you have to come to my platform to get it uncensored. Oh, okay. So so you've got a subscription. Yeah, I got a subscription um, through GasDigitalNetwork.com, and you can get all the and we have you know. 700 episodes of the podcast that are not available anywhere else so it's only the latest 20 of them are available on iTunes and mm. on YouTube now with like with, with the 
this podcast that we're doing right now is not with the network. Hmm. It, uh, it's completely independent. We just have... Let's talk. We, we, well, we just have a, uh, a guy who buys the ads. Yeah. You know, and he's uh, particularly savvy. He's a great friend of mine. Great. He... Um, He's, he's only got like three or four podcasts, so we get like genuine yeah. attention. It's like a boutique operation. That's we awesome. get a lot of attention from him. And I just don't understand outside of the actual uh, shopping or selling of uh, the ad spots. Yeah. Why like, you, when, you, like, why what, what does the network do? What does a podcast network do? Well, I'll tell you what. I don't need one. I'm not with the podcast network. And all I... Fuck, one more time. Three, two, one. <laughs> I'll tell you what I know about podcast networks is that I'm not with one because I don't need one. You know what I need? I need ShipStation because I like to sell a ton of merch. And what is ShipStation? It's a platform that gives me the best rates for all of the shipping ways to go. FedEx, UPS, USPS, that's right. And it's one clean and simple interface which brings them all together in easy to use way and I'm telling you, not only am I using ShipStation, but I'm going after full send. Yeah, you heard me. What do they send? Nothing! Yeah, so my brand, yeah, dude, that's what we're talking about. And how am I going to try and sell a ton of yeah, dude merch? Well, first off, by telling you to pre-order this right now. And second, by using ShipStation. And no matter what your business is or how you sell, if you've got Amazon, just your own website, Etsy, doesn't matter. It brings them all into this one easy-to-use interface and gives you... Prices for shipping that are usually saved for Fortune 500 companies. I'm telling you, it's the secret to my success, and they're willing to give you a 60-day free trial. You just go to ShipStation.com. At the top right corner, you click the microphone. You use the promo code STEVO, and you've got hassle-free, totally free, easy shipping service at your fingertips for 60 days. You try that out for free and tell me you, you're not making money. Yeah, dude, because that's what it's all about is making money. So one more time, go to ShipStation.com, hit the microphone in the top right corner, use the promo code Stevo, and enjoy 60 days of hassle-free, free ShipStation. Make ship happen. Yeah, dude. Now, let's find out about this goofballs network. <laughs> so for certain people, they don't need it, right? Certain people, like Tim Dillon was on my network, and when he left my network, he blew the fuck up, right? Um, but, you know, it wasn't right for him. He wanted to do his Patreon thing. He wanted to go out there and, you know, do it independently. Is it production help? Like production gonna, help. So gonna, we, gonna, have, gonna, we have studios uh, downtown. They're going to edit for you. You don't Everything. have to hire an editor. Two producers, social media manager, post-production guy. All the clips get edited for you. They get captioned. Okay. We have the actual studio space itself. We have a beautiful studio what downtown. What about that booking? Booking of guests. We, we, have, guests. we also have 18 producers on staff. So we have meetings every single week. We have two meetings a week. They have a creative meeting and then we have like sort of a meat and potatoes number mm. meeting. So we're sharing data. What works for this podcast? What's not working for this podcast? The new algorithms, <coughs> new you know platforms. When you know YouTube is launching is launching their new version of, of TikTok and Reels and when you know Reels launch. 
just sort of understanding the landscape when you have a collective mindset, which the, the goal is to grow everyone's brand and make everyone more money, there's massive benefit that is outweighs the 20% or whatever that we're gonna take of the, the profits of the show. Okay, now when um, you do a- Don't get me talking business, Steve-O. Yeah. When, 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 when you do a, a contract with, yeah. with a, a podcaster to get them into your network, you, the, the, the contract would have to address uh, AdSense revenue from the YouTube channels, and what would be the split on that, just as an example? So, if you're on your personal YouTube channel, we don't take any of the AdSense. YouTube revenue. Take, oh, wow. We take okay. none of that. We we have we sell our own ads. We actually have our own ad sales company separately okay. from uh, Gas Digital. So we sell our own ads, um, and we make money off of subscriptions, and we make money off. We have our own merch company as well called PodcastMerch.com. And what, um, do you do the fulfillment for the merch? So no, we were, but it was a fucking nightmare. It was, it, we were, we were like, we got this. We could just part-time do do the, no, it, it got crazy. So we have a partner that does fulfillment here in New York City. Um, and that's a whole other fucking business. Do they, uh, okay, the, does the merch, do you establish an inventory and then sell it down? Or do you print the shirts after they've been ordered? We do both. So depending, the really popular designs, we establish inventory. We do print on demand for certain designs, which is a more expensive process. Or very often we do like pre-sales. So we'll do like, for this month, you can get this shirt, limited edition. Once a month is over, right. that's that. And then it ships out after How that. How long does it take you to turn around the pre-sale? Like, okay, we got 100 orders. Print. You just said two end to of four, the month. Two to four weeks. So, so, but after the pre-sale's done. So let's say we do a two-week pre-sale. Right. Then you're going to only print as many as you sold. As we sold. So there's no... There's that's no, the best margins mm. possible. That's that's how to... You know, mm. that's how we make the, the most money off of... And that's also limited edition. So you say, this shirt's going away. You'll never get it again. Right. I mean, um, dude, the Bad Friends guys, Bobby and Andrew... Yeah, yeah they kill it, I'm they, sure. They, they're destroying yeah. with pre-orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pre-orders yeah, is a che- massive Cheeto order. told me some of the numbers, and I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you gotta have cool merch too. Legion of Skanks, look, our logo is so fucking sick. It's just like that logo. It works. We have that. We do scan can, so it looks like a logo. We, I mean, yeah. it's fucking. It's not not entirely unlike the Grinder app logo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got to sell. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Though. It's like it's... the Grumpy Coffee logo. Sure. I think there's a Corn album that has something like that on it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, oh, dude, big... we're hacks. We're major. <laughs> we're hacks from the '90s, though. Big J opened for Corn. I know he loves. He tells and, everyone. And uh, John. Anyone ben, else hears that and go, "Yeah, dude, that the, that's fucking gay." But when Big J, he fucking he loves. It. He gets he, a tear dude, in his eye every time he watches 100%. it. And and we, we spoke with Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of Corn, who just gushes about Big J. Oh, he does. Like, oh, dude, absolutely. So check this out. We did a thing called the the presidential election on Legion of Skanks during the pandemic. It got crazy, right? And we were like, we're gonna make a president of Legion of Skanks. You know, the old hack radio okay. bit, right? And me, Dave, and Jay were running, and then Ari Shafir jumped into the mix. Do you know Ari? Uh, of course. Dude, he's the fucking man. Ari is, Ari is one of the sweetest people in comedy, one of the funniest people in the world, and he just get, he brings the best out of us. He's a prankster, and he's just got to like. Uh, there's just something about him, dude. This whole this whole we had a three- is Ari Shafir the definition of they can't cancel you if you don't give a fuck. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we gave Orshvir a lie detector test on the show, like a, a FBI grade lie detector test, and we asked him if he reg- regretted the Kobe tweet, and he said no, and he was not lying. Hmm. He did not regret it at all. I mean, that was like, and then the the. the we also asked him if he found Brendan Schaub funny, and he said yes, and that was a lie. <laughs> sure. uh, I, okay, that that I saw. Uh, what about but they the election? So what about um, does he regret dosing Burt Kreischer? Did you ask him that? No, but he during this election is when he dosed Big J. Oh, but he did it Jesus. after he dosed Big J with acid. 
It yeah. was fucking nuts, dude. Well, I, I, you know, here's what really happened. I tried to dose Ari. Right, right. Acid. And he knew it was happening, so he switched his drink with I Jay. I told somebody. I told Shane Gillis, like an <laughs> idiot. I told Shane Gillis. I was like, dude, I'm going to do it. I was like, Ari's going to win the election today. This whole thing is stupid, okay? Like, Ari's going to come in and become the president of Legion. Of He's not even on the show. I was like, I'm going to dose him, though, to get back for Bert. I'm gonna, yeah. I put a tab totally of acid in his beer. <laughs> One tab of acid. Ari loves I mean, acid. You, you put the piece of paper in there or a drop? A uh, piece of paper. Okay. Piece of paper in there, right? That, that, that doesn't seem like it would be particularly effective. I don't think it would be that effective either, to be honest with you. Like, if you've done acid before, you right. know. But he finds out. So you see, that it's all on camera. You it's you watch the whole thing happen, right? At one point, Big J makes, makes the audience laugh. He's kind of eating it up because we have a whole live crowd right, there. Big J's in on it. He, he, he thinks that Ari's getting dosed. He thinks Ari's being yeah, dosed. But doesn't know that Ari switched their drinks. So Ari leans over, switches the drinks. You see Shane like, oh shit. And it's just, it's on camera. When you watch it back, it's wild. It's a wild thing. And Big J, sure enough, he drinks the whole thing, dude. And then Ari starts acting like he's on acid. Like, and so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I fucking got him. So I get really into it, right? So at the end of the show, like Ari's like, you're doing all this. He's acting. So I'm like, I was like, oh, that's it, Ari. I got you. I dose you. And then he comes out of it and he goes, you think you got me? He's like, you think I fucking didn't knew you were gonna do that? He was like, when you weren't looking, I switched your drinks, and then he, Big J realized it. You see Big J's face. He's like, he's like, dude, I don't, I don't feel right right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't feel right. What's going on, dude? Big J stayed up for forty eight hours straight. <laughs> forty eight hours straight. Could just he like, told me about it. Didn't trip. He just, just mad at his friends. So the only effect of the acid was the negative thought, like the, the when you right. have a bad trip. I don't know how much acid you've done in your uh, life. I've done a fuck time. Yeah, dude. So when you have a bad trip and you have that negative fucking yeah. thing and you can't shake it, that was him for 48 hours. He hated his friends. He wouldn't answer anybody's calls. Now, is it safe to say that in the world of Legion of Skanks, two wrongs do make a right? Uh, look at me. It <laughs> created one of the funniest moments in podcasting. Big J is still salty about it to this day. Where can they see this video? It's up on the YouTube channel. If you look up Legion of Skanks, you can watch it. YouTube. What I would do is I would go watch it on GasDigitalNetwork.com, subscribe with the premium service, use the promo code LOS, get a free trial. You can go watch the entire um, series that we did uh, of the election when it starts right up until the end. And it was we did a trial afterwards on whether or not who's more responsible for Jay's dosing, me or Ari. It was a really fun... It's a fun show, dude. It's so silly. We say we say all the dumb words you're not supposed to say, right? So now, that, that's, now, like, I got to believe that on YouTube that that's a very, very strike-worthy No, we bleep offense. everything out, yeah. I we, know, but just the, like, showing drugs, like, and, yeah, and show, showing someone being, I, don't I mean, think that's, that, dude, that's high level On the assault. Joey Diaz podcast, they were fucking frying balls on, uh, Ari was on it. Uh, I know, but at the, at, at the very least, that's consensual. But when you're giving someone drug, we're dosing someone without their consent, that's the highest level of assault. I think if Big J would have complained about it in any way, yeah, we probably could have gotten our channel taken down and gotten in trouble. <laughs> but the reality is like, <coughs> it's, it's cool. <laughs> well, it's a bit. You know what I'm saying? What we really could say is like, no, what are you talking about? It's, right, it's right, a joke. Right, right, it's not right, right. reacting like it really right now. now. Yeah, what would you do if I dosed both of you at the beginning of this podcast? Uh, that, <laughs> That's just that a would, thing that I do. <laughs> I'd be that, pissed. That would, be, that would be a tough one because we're sober guys. I'd, I'd be, both sober. I'd be pissed, brutal. but I'd be like, free laps. Well, you know what, dude? Right, it's I free mean, laps. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that I kind of would too. <laughs> <laughs> roll with I'm it, like, all right, let's get out of here, dude. I'm sorry about the high lines. Fucking live. I mean, that's really like the rule for sober people is you just ask yourself what was your intention because there was a time when uh <clears throat> uh what like i asked for a, for a water and uh the guy brought it, down it, it was it was like a fucking gin and tonic oh, i had no, no idea took a, sip. took a sip but did it fuck with I, you a little bit 
You know, it absolutely fucked with me. Yeah. However, like, I genuinely, you know, I mean, you know in your heart what your yeah, intentions were. Like, that was an accident. So. Well, so then the, the guy that, uh, this guy was driving an Uber, and, the, and these girls left a little Altoid box, and he, when they got out, he, he opened it up, and he was sober. He had, like, four or five years. Yeah. He opened up the box, and then there was a bunch of dust in there, so he's like, fuck it. And he snorted it. See, that and it was that's relapse. crazy. It was Altoid dust. Well, that's ah. So is that a relapse or what? That's a I relapse. Mean, that's psychologically a relapse. That's like, but no, that's not a relapse because the drugs didn't. I mean, it was like. It's not a relapse. Uh, but when you're talking about the intent, the intent, the intent was to relapse. He was like, "Fuck it." The I guarantee that guy's not still sober today. For sure. No yeah, fucking yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. But at that point, it wasn't a relapse. Yeah, not Ugh. technically. I'll give him that. Fuck. Yeah. In a court of law, it's not a relapse. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's heavy. Yeah, it, dude, it, I it's it's kind of like if you're in a committed relationship and and you hit on a woman and she rejects you. You've not cheated. You tried. Oh, but you failed. Yeah, your girl will. That will you're not. Dead. That, I've gotten, dude. Oh my god. Actually, speaking of which, you said you had to go to rehab for yeah. being a sex addict. Yeah, I've got. I need got to know it. if I'm a sex addict because I I very well might be. Do you have shame in and, your and, life and, and, from and, and, sexually and, acting out? And shame is a big one, but is it causing problems in your life? I mean, that's the definition of addiction: is continued behavior despite consequences. Has it caused problems? Cheating has caused problems in my life. There you go. That's, That's where, it's, where it's caused problems. I'm not currently in a relationship. I think the level of sex addiction that I have now, which is I just I constantly need sex. Um, <laughs> is, I mean, dude, it's a time suck, man. Yeah. It's the most fucking... Oh, that's my favorite type of sex, being time sucked. <laughs> dude, I fucking love it, dude. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's... it's uh, like there's there's a lot of stress with like man what did I just put my dick in like oh, oh god yeah, dude, I got yeah, like, with the health concerns especially like Scott's a particularly like problematic type of sex well, addict because he's a germaphobe. <laughs> I'm so, a hypochondriac, but I hate condoms. Yeah, but, yeah. So I just <laughs> I convince myself that I have AIDS daily. Yeah. Just a fucking I'm dude I've I've made out with hookers I've gone down on them it's a goddamn nightmare okay I just want to say I'm profoundly grateful for my f over five years of sexual sobriety my dick's not been anywhere it doesn't belong wow for over five years I've lived transparently and honestly in yeah. a committed relationship that's great and done the I right want to be there by the way that's yeah. what I want like right. now I'm getting a little older dude I got a nine year old kid I mean, dude, uh, yeah uh, you're know. forty as I approached forty I thought oh my god and I had a joke in my stand up back then I was like you know I'm, I'm I'm turn. I'm, I'm approaching forty, and and, I, and I'm asking myself, like, do I want to be in my fifties, like chasing pussy around, trying to hump everything that it moves. was the most important as thing I, as, forever. Know, like, do I want to be fifty, physically falling apart and trying to fuck everything that moves? And no, I don't want to turn into Polly Shore, who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will also be at Skankfest. <laughs> I love him. I, 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 I love him, but but that was one of my jokes. And when you That's talk funny. about the when you talk about the 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 grind in the comedy club circuit, you know that when you're in that uh, comedy club apartment, like you're just sleeping in Polly Shore's cum. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over the place. You get a blue yeah. light, dude. It's just yeah. Really, really, any any comedy condo, you're going to sleep in some comedian's cum that you don't want to be in. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, that like chasing pussy and like it was sure. just. 
such an important whatever it was I think it's because I just didn't get pussy when I was a kid and it's just like when I was finally charismatic enough and I, I sort of learned the game like I'm a salesman so I started applying like sales technique to right. like like I just rejection's not bothering me I, I get it you know uh, it's a game of numbers I'm like cool I, I can close one out of ten I, girls so let me just fucking ask ten girls and I'll get laid right I, I, I get it and it's so counterintuitive yeah. that the the you're doing it to validate yourself, to, mm-hmm. to build your own self-worth because you're, because you're telling yourself, I'm a guy who can get laid. Yep. But the reality of the behavior is just accomplishing the dead opposite. Yeah. Like the more, the more sex you're having, the less your self-worth actually becomes. You know, like you think you're validating yourself and being the man, but like it's just so backwards. Yeah. And, and like... I think that for me, I really got to a point, like as I approached 40, I just thought, dude, like this whole just trying to get laid all the time, just always trying to get your dick sucked, it's just such like uh, a a one-way street to just a miserable existence, just being, you know, and I don't want that. And I really subscribed to the idea that future happiness and quality of life is dependent on me learning how to be in a healthy, committed relationship. And also, when you're trying to fuck around with that many chicks, right? So you're trying to, like, it was almost a game, like, can I get laid more more than once in a day? More than sure. twice in a day, right? Sure. Like, you know, like, there was, like, like, legit, like, that's where it's, like, really bad behavior, where then you're now you're lying to multiple people. 100%. And it was like fuckboy behavior. Like, I was really liking, like, I was acting like I liked these girls and I was like, yeah, you know, well, just whatever, what it means to an yeah. end. So that's where I, that was sort of where the shame and the guilt and the yeah. anxiety from being a fucking liar. That's the thing that, yeah. like, now in my life, the where I've really turned a corner at 40 is I'm not lying to people. I won't lie to chicks. I won't lie to pe- my friends. Good. Because it gives me anxiety. It's not even about being an honest person. I don't want to live with that anxiety. I would rather just deal with the the sort of the minor uncomfortability of having an honest conversation because it's way For more sure. comfortable than being but a- it's anxious. But even, it's even more than that. It's like sexualizing your feelings. So if anything that happens to you, you sexualize it. And so what that means is like I, I, I got back into therapy and there because I have like severe intimacy issues with women. And so like I, I, I kind of get claustrophobic and I'm like really trying to work on that. So they're, they're like, <clears throat> you need to abstain 30, 60, 90 days without having an orgasm. So I'm on, he's, he's on like day 60. I'm so on, oh, geez, I right. haven't had an orgasm in like 60 days. This is, this is what the proud boys do? This, yeah. this, no, 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 but what it, what it I does... I went 431 days without blowing a load. Whoa. I did not blow a load for the entire year of 2014. That was, for, with ther- that was because of therapy? And being Coming in, out of that sex addict rehab. Yeah, and so... so like, maybe, but, maybe I don't want to go to this place. <laughs> no, no, but, but, you but what you'll notice... I want to come right now. <laughs> exactly, because you're getting you a little... We're talking about... I'm getting all worked up. Let's go, dude. Let's jerk each other off. You don't have to do that, but I can say... I absolutely relate to everything that you're saying. Yeah. And 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 the one thing that you were describing about uh you know acting like you like like girls. In 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 my case, I would actually feel genuinely infatuated yeah. about about a girl. I would believe that like I really she was this special thing and I would pour on the charm, yeah. make her feel so special that she was like just the one and then and I would feel that way. But then once I hooked up with the chick, then I would like it would just be like it would fade it, it pretty like, quickly, like a like a light switch. The, the switch is flipped, and all of yeah. a sudden I'm just. It was like, the game. It was the hunt. Yeah, and it was it was in, yeah. in, in my inventory work as a guy in recovery, we we just identified this behavior as fully sociopathic. Yeah, it was a a, a repeating pattern of misleading 
the person yeah. to believe that that I really, really, that you know, that I was going to be the one for them. Yeah. Misleading and then exploiting and then neglecting and then abandoning and then repeat. Yeah. You know, and and like you don't have to be Freud to like to to understand that really what was going on i have terrible abandonment issues fear of rejection is the gnarliest thing so when i was treating women this way not only was i not treating them the way i want to be treated i was specifically treating them the way i most fear being treated right which is the recipe for like the worst most toxic terrible karma you could you know you're going going around treating people the way you most fear being treated that's the opposite of any fucking rad Good Did thing. you have to not come for 461 days in order to come to that conclusion? No, they just said you need to rewire your brain. Right. He's just so, he's so extreme that he just said fuck I, it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they 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 say it. When you when you finally came, the, the was it, I mean was it? I stole a joke from Bobby Lee, but like uh, a marshmallow coming out. <laughs> yeah, how, how long were you supposed to go for? Why did I mean, you they, go they, 431 they, days? They, they recommended like. 30, 60, 90, something like that. What's 30, 60, 90? Just like, 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 uh, you know, something like, like, to take a, take a pick. You do 30 days, not blowing a load, or, or 60, or, or 90. 90 if you like, want. That's the extreme version is 90. Yeah. And you're on day 60 right now. I'm on day 60. And and, and the, the, the idea behind that is like, anything that happens to me during the day, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go jerk off. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm going to go text a girl. It's like, there's none of that. And you can see your brain actually rewiring to different pathways of like, Everything that I did would be compulsively to just to go out my dick. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in a weird way, that's like, isn't that how we got to the moon? Isn't that why we're <laughs> sure. talking into microphones right sure. now? Uh, there, there, you know, that's very Freudian, right? Everything is sexual. Everything sure. is Yeah, but I wasn't, I'm not happy with greatness. my behavior. Right. Look, I don't know if I'd be sitting here today with the fucking great Steve-O if I did, if I wasn't so obsessed with getting pussy because that was a part of the reason that I stayed out late. That was a part of the reason why I kept on getting I mean, up on stage. I, I, I get it. I, yeah. don't, I don't regret all I'm my going back on it now. It's like, you know what, boys? Yeah. Come. Yeah. 30, 60, 90 <laughs> days. Out right now, dude. Come on. I, I, I don't regret all my years of drug addiction. Yeah. You know, like being that wild, out of control drug addict Steve-O was like, there was something, there was a mystique about it that, that worked for me. Of course. Until, well, until it, it didn't. Exactly. Until it becomes destructive, right? Right. And yeah, I, I've, I have no regrets. Uh, up until I had my kid i'm i'm like i'm i'm a simpleton dude i believe in like you know chaos theory like my my nut met that egg anything that happened before that moment he wouldn't be alive my kid my kid is okay. my fucking world you know what i'm saying so that's great i mean like i think it's 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 worth there's a lot of value in regretting like doing harm you know like it, but to answer the question why i went 431 days in my mind and i think this is really important like i knew that it would mean absolutely nothing for me to find the right person. Like, I, I wasn't on a quest to find the right person to get in a relationship with. I was on a quest to become the right person. That you know, would be worthwhile I, of somebody exactly. worthwhile wanting to have a relationship exactly. with. Right. My, yeah, yeah. My, my mantra was, I, I'm working to become the man that the love of my life deserves. Mm. And, and my philosophy about that was that I wanted to not only remove myself to put distance between myself and my history acting out sexually but i also wanted to prove to myself and to my future love of my life that 
I could go for like an insane amount of time without giving into the impulse, to giving into the urge. You know, like I, I just wanted to be able to trust myself that I was, I was, for 431 days, I was being faithful to a woman who I had not yet met. How soon into, how long into the relationship, or how long into the 461 days did you meet your current? 431. So you waited 30 days. And, 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 I started, I started working with you around day 60. Yeah. Yeah. He, I he, came he, in on as his professional cock blocker. He was, he was my cock blocker because I, cause I was like, man, I just got out of sex addict rehab and, and I don't want to blow everything that I just fucking yeah. worked on. I'm going to go on tour and it's like, I used to do meet and greets with the enti- entire audience after every show. That's and it awesome. was a bona fide audition. Yeah. You know, of like, and, and so I was like, dude, I, like, like I, that's I, why we started skank Stop fest. giving our secrets. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the only, uh, the only way I could expect to maintain my sexual sobriety was to bring a sober companion. Yeah. So we and shared so a room everywhere. We shared we went. a room every, every fucking night. We slept next to each other in twin beds. <laughs> yeah. And to answer your question after that, how long was it until I met my girl? I had some misfires, you know, I had some failed relationships Yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and I, and I and I had to go, go back out. But you didn't hook up with any of the girls. Like during that time, you you would date, but you wouldn't hook up. Um, it's like I had a couple of relationships. Okay. And uh, and and they, you know, for they, they, they're the best I was capable of at the time. But but it was like third time was a charm for relationships after sexual sobriety. Yeah. What what happened that day four hundred thirty one that made you be like I'm gonna do it today? I was in Austria. I, well, no, I remember clearly. You I, sent me a photo of the load all over your chest. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, what, what, uh, what made you decide to do it? Like, okay, I, I think I can come now. Um, what it was was that I was filming this this British reality television in Austria. It was uh, a bona fide six-week vacation that so I got paid a bunch of money and the premise of the show was uh, winter sports. So we were at a ski resort just skiing and luging and doing all this fun shit and, and, and I wanted to uh, hook up with, with, with one of the you know, female contestants on the show and, and I really like, like the, for that six weeks I was just unplugged. Like back home in LA, I had a weekly men's therapy group. I had like a yeah. support system. I just unplugged, and 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 by on, but you know, by detaching from everything that kept me accountable and responsible and sober, just the the insanity took over. And, and did you and, look at it as like a fuck up? Like you failed, or you were just like, I'm sort of ready to like well, move I, on? I, I went on to. I was like, okay, I really, I really care about this woman. She lives in England. I live in LA. She's yeah. got two kids. She's a wonderful person, but yeah. it just like didn't make sense. You know, but you just make... jerked off because you didn't want the first time for you to do that to be. Pretty much, I was. I was. I was okay. like, okay, now she would have had three kids. <laughs> At once, <laughs> just, just fucking yeah, it would have been like a fucking genius kid. I guess it, just fucking. You know. I, I, I don't know that. I think they it arguably would be the other way around. No, in the book autobiography of a yogi, like uh, Yogananda's parents only fucked once a year to have a kid, and they're saying like the the semen retention was able to like have a little guru baby. Oh wow, that could be completely guru. F- <laughs> I, I know what he did. I saw it. Yeah. So in any case, man, it, it, it's uh, it, it's 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 a big deal, and and I think that 
with the sociopathic behavior of just routinely harming, doing harm to yeah. others. It's just not good. Well, that that's something that I've tried to move past. Yeah. And like honestly, there's the, you know there, there's there's the there's the guilt of 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 uh, you know pulling the ghost routine, pulling out the rug, and that that's harmful to others. There's the the, the anxiety over like health risks yeah. of acting out sexually and that that ends up the guilt the the fucking stress and and then and then never even mind the amount of the countless number of hours just squandered yeah. on all this imagine when, when you take away the 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 time suck just the wasted time of chasing pussy around yeah then you, you freed up now all of a sudden you've got so much time to focus your energy. Imagine how successful you would be, your podcast network, if, if all the time you squandered on chasing pussy around, you put into focusing on uh, on your success. I'd no, be a dork. They, uh, people wouldn't follow me then. I gotta be a <laughs> <laughs> They like me because I'm a pussy hand, to be honest with you. Uh, how, many, right. how many girls are you texting right now Honestly, at once? Uh, in a weird way, dude. <laughs> like... I'm kind of really only talking to one person. I mean, I shouldn't say that because kind of really four. No, because I know because I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like this one person right to the point where I'm like, you know, I was, dude, I was supposed to fucking. I kind of like this one person. So the 16 others I'm texting mean nothing to me. (laughs) The problem is all eight of these girls are gonna think I'm talking about them right now. So if the girl that you really like says like, dude, are you talking to anybody else? What do you say? I would say yes. I would say yes. But I, the reality is like I, I've had plans recently with like other chicks and I've, I've, I've canceled them because I'm kind of, I got this chick on my mind yeah. a little bit. So I, who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm at a place now where I, I, I keep on jumping from relationship to relationship. So that's the other right. thing is I'll be in like, I'll be in a committed relationship to a chick until I get bored after six months and then I start cheating. Serial six monogamy. months is the serial monogamous. But yeah, six yeah. months is the pattern. At this point, it's about six months. Yeah, that's my pattern. Where I, I, I go. All right, they're not going to be the stepmother to my child. They're not going to be like the person to but you know that, the end of my. But end. for that six months, your your child has now developed a relationship yes. with them, and then you're uprooting it. Yeah, like, yeah, and I try to be friends with them, but they all hate me after we break up. Yeah, like in my mind, I'm like, why can't we be friends? I didn't do anything. I bet I didn't love you that much. You want you want to get right. your head fucked up right now, or you? No, please. I like getting my head fucked up. They, so they have a thing called your arousal template, and your arousal template is set when you're a kid from like four to nine. Oh yeah. As a boy, and I then, was fucked up. My mom showed me Clockwork Orange when I was seven, so I I knew what gang rape was when I was seven. Like I watched those scenes; they're burned into my head. I'll never forget them. From I being remember, a little uh, fucking kid. I, I was I was eight years old when. Uh, someone showed me I spit on your grave where the the girl in the beginning the girl gets gang raped and then oh, she goes yeah, around yeah, and, mur- yeah. and she murders everyone who raped her yeah, that's yeah. the whole movie yeah 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 that's the whole movie yeah there, there, there's a scene where one of the guys she's murdering the guy one of the guys who gang raped her in the beginning and she cuts off his, his wiener and there's a shot she throws it in the sink and you see the wiener land in the yeah. sink okay there's, this isn't what movie you watched from 4 to 9 <laughs> this is like what you saw from like growing up of like how your parents reacted my mom was a hooker I walked in on her with her johns really oh yeah wow. when I was a very young kid and also understood very like 4 years old just immediately understood that she was not having sex with this man out of intimacy and wow. I knew it was for money not because I saw money wow. he was just an older guy and like she yelled at me to get out of the room and I remember just I remember as a kid just being like oh yeah she's being paid to do that and I have no idea where I got that thought from it was just mm. a, a natural conclusion 
Um, yeah, like sexually, like from those, I want you, I want you to continue to, with the point because I'm actually interested in this. But it's just sort of immediately when you said that, it's, I feel like there was a right. lot of fucked up sexual things that like I was experienced or I was privy to during those formative years that fucked me up. Now, well, so that's and why, way, like, my, if you, my, my takeaway from what you just said is, man, that's why he's so fucking funny. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> he, 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 he fucked me up, and it made me funny. You're right. Yeah. That's the silver lining. Um, but it's like uh, that's what you replicate over and over. So, for the most part. For me, like, if a girl looks really good on paper, I'm not interested. But if she's got all sorts of red flags, then, like, I'm very attracted. That's, like, the arousal template is hit. Oh, my God. The one, he's only had one girl that that made him lose his mind. And it was the gnarliest. Yeah. The one one that he couldn't. But the ones that are, like, really healthy for me, I'm just like, I can't breathe. I gotta get out of it. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I'm now that I'm a little older. How old are you? 39. How old are you? 48 in two 48. weeks. You guys both look so much better than me. I'm 40, though. You should I, look I don't know about all that. Dude. I think you look fantastic. Oh, thanks. This because you haven't jerked off in a while. You think I'm <laughs> no, 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 I, I, uh, <laughs> I am saving up for getting home to my girl. Hell yeah, you are. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, I'm sorry, what were we just saying? Fuck. How was my the arousal thought? template. Arousal and, uh, template. Uh, he gets I had a girl that was fucked up. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Fucking, I get attracted to... Um, Crazy bitches make my dick move. I, I, you know how they say like uh, girls will go from like a beta to an alpha, beta, alpha. My my pattern is crazy normal, crazy normal, and uh, the crazy okay. girls What's, that I date are it, fucking bad shit. Like it's the purge and the it's like the the dance. Yeah, it's the because it's, you're like. It, it, it's like a sexual anorexic. They'll be like, okay, I'm going to go... Like somebody who abstains from sex because it makes them disgusting and it's been like a year. Like I should probably have sex again. Yeah. And then they fuck like 10 times in a week. And they're like, I can never do that again. And they'll go another year without it. It's like that yeah. constant. Yeah, yeah, and I have an extreme sort of personality like that as well. But yeah, the crazy girls are... I'm just... At this point, dude, I recognize... Like I'm not going to be... Like I used to get into crazy arguments with girls. I used to punch holes in my walls like a lunatic, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I... I the amount of times just, just doing stupid shit. Like I would never hit a girl ever in my entire life. The amount of times that I've hit myself because a girl has driven me to the point where I need to... Mm punch something like it's fucking it's I've had so many of those relationships when I was in my teens and 20s where that was me if a girl if a girl brings out any crazy me at all I see it as a red flag and I run in the opposite direction now I can't I'm, I have too much to lose. I have, I have a kid now. I can't let my kid see me being a fucking crazy person ever. I have too much ever. to lose. So I'm only texting with eight <laughs> no, like, no, normal not. chicks. Well, like, <laughs> well, but now the idea would be to like find the pattern in these women that cause you to do that so you don't even get past the first date. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's the other thing is like, you know, as, as you're saying that, like, yeah, I. You're like, date? I just fuck. <laughs> no, no, I like dating too, dude. I like going on a date. I like going on a date. I like bringing a chick out to a nice restaurant, going to fucking you know to a nice bar, classy place. Chicks love that shit, dude. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Dexter. It's like he he doesn't like the actual murdering. He likes setting up the entire yeah. fucking scene. Yeah, well that's it's that's the ritual. It. Yeah, it, it is the ritual. And now that it's I, like yeah. it's like buying coke, buying coke. <laughs> but you're like dr- the best part is like driving over there and like scoring. No, and then when you do it, you're like, God, why did I do that? The best part of buy- the best part of coke. No, it wasn't the drive over. I think it was doing all of the coke. No, I think yeah, the, 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 the best part was three days in when, uh, <laughs> yeah, after three days of being awake and doing the coke, and so you finally finished it, and now you're actually committing yourself to go to sleep, and then when you jerk off. Oh, that, three, ju- that three, jerk three, off. Three days into a coke. Oh, no, I hate jerking off on coke, dude. I don't do coke anyway. I haven't done coke in at least. 
a year and a half. God. Um, I, I hate it, dude. People try to give me free drugs all the time. Ketamine. I, I love ketamine when oh, I got it. It's not, not even a come down. You just fucking, you're done. You can go on with I feel your like day. ketamine's a New York thing, right? Like, ketamine's nah, huge. PCP's a New York thing. Ah, I don't know what ever offers me PCP, but I can't, I, whatever it is, I don't, I'm actually at a place right now where I think I like life because I don't want to remove myself from this headspace. And I smoke weed and I drink, but I'm not like, like smoking weed is almost the same way people smoke cigarettes. I just smoke weed very, I'm, I'm a pothead, so I, it doesn't get me stoned per se. But I like, I just like where my life is at and I like what's going on. Uh, you know, I feel like when I was doing coke and when I was doing a lot of different drugs, I was genuinely trying to escape. I was just trying to fucking be on a different plane. You, you were the one who scored the acid to dose Ari? A uh, fan gave it to me, yeah. A uh, fan gave it to you. Acid's probably pretty hard to get at one of the skank fests, right? No, please. <laughs> Acid's like, back in a big way, too. Acid's yeah. everywhere, dude. It's like when uh, I was in Colorado. Uh, yeah, does anybody have any weed around yeah, here? Like, like, that, this comedian that was opening for me says, uh, we're, in, we're in Denver, and he says, man, I'm thinking about trying weed, but where am I going to find that around here? Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is that you said, uh, you know, it, it, it's like when you you get a Coke and you're on a three-day bender and the Coke's finally out. It's like, how much Coke were you buying to fucking take you three days to do it all? I, I would typically get an eight ball and then, like, needed another eight ball as soon as that one was done. And the second eight ball, then I was like, okay, now I can, <laughs> now I can, now I can sleep for a day. Yeah, fuck, dude. Why did you just buy sleep. two eight balls at once? I mean, if I had any common sense, I'd buy a fucking quarter pound. But the problem <laughs> 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 Yeah. You know? No, the problem is you buy that much, you're doing that much. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, it was, it was, dude, it was so gross. I was, I was really into coke for a while. It was a very, dude. very dark time. It wasn't even like, I would do it by myself. I would, it was fucking sad. And luckily, when I was into Coke, um, I was broke. I was so broke, and it was just like, I just, I couldn't afford a jet. Like, I was doing it like four right. or five days a week, and I was spending everything that I had on it. Um, if I had a Coke problem when I had a little bit of cash. Yeah, I got it. That, that, that'll take it to a huge hole. Yeah, in I'm the sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Because I did, uh, I, I had quite a, Number of years where I had expendable income and a cocaine problem. That sucks. That sucks. <laughs> it's really like, l luckily, God uh, or I was, whatever. I was know. super professional. You know, yeah. I never showed up late for a job, I, but it, it would always turn into, fuck, I need another eight ball so that I can show up to this job. You think you spent over $100,000 in coke? Probably. And, um, and, and I, I heard this, uh, I, I heard that. One dollar bills change hands so much that there's like lots of germs yep. on them that like to roll up a one dollar bill and put it in there, it's, it's a risk for hepatitis by sticking that in your nose. Oh, really? I, I, I heard that. <laughs> Fuck. But but one hundred dollar bills don't change hands as much, so it was a cleaner bill. So I, I would make the habit of of rolling up one hundred dollar bills to snort coke, and I probably my cocaine habit cost the most from le leaving, leaving rolled up $100 <laughs> bills everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. You don't think about that. Yeah. I did that a lot. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's, it's a great, I think it's a, I'm, that's what I'm most embarrassed. I want to see the shame. Like that's where I think about shame. I think about where you spent your money. Just no, just the, having like that much of a, a, a Coke problem. I, I remember going out on a date with a chick once and, uh, she wasn't doing coke, but I was. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go do coke in the bathroom, and like, I just did it. And I was like, how could she possibly fuck me at the end of that date? She did, but I'm like, what? Like, it's a crazy, like, it's crazy that that 
I, I look at that now. I was like, how would you? Have? Her dad was probably a drug addict. Probably, maybe. Never. <laughs> it's like, how could she fuck me after that? I mean, she did. What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with her? Why would you do that? That's the classic Groucho Marx. I would never want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah. cool, man. I think we're like, we're pretty pretty deep in. Yeah, like, uh, I, I'm stoked. I think I might steal this from Mike Tyson from now on forever. Like at the end of the podcast with him, he said, uh, there are millions of people. What do you want to say to them? <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, thanks for watching and, uh, you know, fucking, uh, yes. Get on that fucking... Support that... that sh- get on that uh, that high-level felonious assault with with LSD. Hilarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to me. Get some LSD. <laughs> no, hurt no, your no, friends with that. it. Hurt the people you love, the ones that trust you specifically. Right. Um, right no, but, 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 get, but enjoy the whole <laughs> hilarious series. It's, a, it's just great comedy. It is really funny. And, and Big, uh, Big J, I know that he, Big J is funny first, so I know he thinks it's worth it. But I got a lot of live stuff coming up. My website is lewisofskanks.com. I'm touring all over the, the world, really. Great. Um, and uh, yeah, I do stand up, I do live podcasts, and uh, yeah, just keep And, and, and uh, the, this website where they're going to find your tour dates is lewisofskanks.com. And the next Skank Fest is? October 14th through 16th. It is completely sold out. But if you guys follow me on social media, we do giveaways all the time. We do, you know, fun contests. We're doing, uh, yeah, we're doing a a bunch of really cool, unique contests to win tickets. So, yeah, keep on tuning in. Cool. All right, man. Dude, I'm I'm super stoked. You're the man. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Nice to meet you, too. If you don't want anything, edit it out. No. (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) I know if that was an option, I wouldn't have talked about all these eight chicks that I'm seeing. (laughs) No regrets, remember? (laughs) No regrets. All right, dude. Thanks, bro. Oh, yeah. And here we are one more time at the end of the podcast with the most special people. Those of you who stuck around to the end of the podcast. And, man, that was pretty crazy. Firing shots at full send. And you know what? Those pussies fucking had their run. It's time for yeah, dude, right? I'm telling you. I do love Steve will do it. And uh, I will say he doesn't send shit, but he sure is full spend. Give him props for that. I love you, Steve will do it. And hey, man, I'm just trying to get somewhere in the world. So everybody, fucking go to steveo.com and pre-order this bitchin' ass jersey. Yeah, dude. (laughs) 